This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Being aware of our thoughts and their effects helps us to care more conscientiously for our bodies. Valeria Tellez interviews Catherine Ayano Nixon, the author of Meditation and Movement for Self-Healing. Catherine Ayano Nixon is a meditation artist. She combines the creative mediums of writing, music, and art with the healing movements of meditation, yoga, and tai chi to express spirit. She creates and teaches in the Lowerton Arts District of St. Paul, Minnesota. Her preferred name is Ayano, the middle name her Okinawan mother gave her when she was born there in 1957. Catherine is the name of her African-American father's mother and became her name when she moved to the United States as a baby. Ayano and her brother and two sisters traveled and lived in Japan and Germany with their military parents. Her family finally settled in New Mexico. In 1981, Ayano, who was called Kathy at the time, moved to Minnesota to attend University of Minnesota Law School after receiving her Bachelor of Fine Arts from New Mexico State University. Even after she started work as a lawyer, Ayano kept singing and writing songs, performing in coffee shops, and gifting her friends and family with artwork. In 1988, she started studying Tai Chi with local master Douglas William Bose, who had studied with T.T. Yang, a master of the Yang-style lineage. Ayano became deeply absorbed in the world of Tai Chi and began to expand her spiritual focus from Christianity to Taoism, which she was drawn to for its mysticism and a familiarity that came out of her Asian background. As her inner life developed, her outer life changed. Initially drawn to write stories inspired by the I Ching, an ancient Chinese oracle also called the Book of Changes, she wandered out of the practice of family law and eventually into public school teaching. After Master Bose died, Ayano continued to teach Tai Chi to various communities in the Twin Cities. In her work for People Incorporated, Ayano found it particularly challenging to engage people to take an interest in caring for themselves through healing movement. Of course, many people preferred chair massage, a more passive healing therapy. But movement requires people to be fully present and in their bodies. Feeling your body working with your mind, there is no avoiding what is there. Meet Ayano at ayanoart.com. Here is the interview with Catherine Ayano Nixon. In your own words, who is Catherine Ayano Nixon? Catherine Ayano Nixon is an artist and a spirit being human, having a human experience and always moving towards 
spirit again, so returning to spirit. But I'm an artist, and I like to create. How did you discover or uncover that divine or that spiritual component in you? Well, I feel like I've always had it, a sense of it. But I remember my grandmother, my father's mother, uh, in particular, kind of leading me to spirit through uh, Christianity, through the church, um, and just particularly Jesus Christ. So um, that was when I was a little girl, I want to say around eight years old or so, and then on and off, in and out. But when I was um, studying Tai Chi, when I first started studying Tai Chi, then I started to develop my own idea of uh, what spirituality is. Uh, a path of spirit. And did you move from a place of belief to a place of knowing? Would you say that? Um, well, I'm always moving towards a place of knowing. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, because there's there is a yeah there's 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 a lot of doubt, but I've never <laughs> uh, not believed. You know that the universe is way beyond what I can see, and that. It is a loving universe, um, and there is a place for me and for everyone, and and then it's basically good and eternal. Speaking of doubts, you mentioned that that idea, and we do um, have that from time to time. And I notice that I have those doubts when it comes to the spiritual world or uh, life after life. When I come across some guests or people around me, too, family members and all, who they seem to be very much at peace and doing really well without any belief system in the spiritual world or anything beyond uh, mm-hmm. the body and, and the mind as they know. Yeah, I'm wondering why that happens, Catherine. Why do we, in my case, and that kind of affects me in a sad way because I feel like oh, yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't want to lose that uh, that beauty of knowing spirit. But then I do have that, yeah. And then I let it just flow and it just happened uh, recently. So I guess I'm asking the question to you because it's still here, that yes. doubt. And yeah, talk to me mm-hmm. for a moment about that. Well, um, for me, like more recently, uh, my father passed away in December, and I I really wanted him to reach back into what I know that he knows, you know, that, you know, God is with him. And, you know, I mean, I know that he was raised a Christian, um, but, um, he, you know, we never really just spoke about it in words, like precise language. Um And so that kind of made me doubt, too, you know, because here this most important person is leaving the world and he's not, (laughs) you know, he's not saying, yeah, you know. But, you know, in the end, I did really feel like he had some sort of connection uh, with spirit. And I mean, I knew in my heart that he was okay, and, you know, he was good with God, uh, but, um, yeah, I, I feel kind of sad that there are people like that. It seems to be kind of a trend with 
people knowing so much and even knowing so much about spirituality that they, um, that they, uh, yeah, they feel like they know so much that they can just kind of just like, like God is just like, a you know, a childish thing, a magical thinking idea. And, you know, at the very most, you're going to just be, um, you know, nothing (laughs) and very happy and very happy to be nothing. And I suppose, I suppose I could be happy, you know, being nothing, but I don't, I just don't think it is nothing (laughs) personally. I mean, if you could be happy being nothing, then it's not nothing. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. I just kind of feel like over time, uh, I've just seen it become, it just seems to be, uh, like trendy or, something to not believe in God. You know, if you're an intelligent mm. person, you're right. you're not going to mm. believe in God. And really people that I admire, mm. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, they are actually those are the, the people that I come across. Yeah, they are highly intelligent, uh, highly high achievers, and they are always analyzing everything. So they use a lot of the left brain. They're utilizing that a lot, but they are very kind people and they, they seem to be happy. And I'm like, what's, how can this be? Um, I enjoy their company. I mean, well, you know, but on the other hand, it's like, you're not going to escape. You're not going to escape spirit, are you? Yes, <laughs> right. You know, you can pretend that you're not, but, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah, you can pretend that you're not, but you are. I know we try many techniques and practices to um, remove all doubts, but I don't think we actually can, right, Catherine? I, yeah. Yeah, it's not a no doubt kind of knowing when we get to that place, if there is a place of knowing, definitely yeah. knowing. <laughs> yeah, you have to recognize that there's a little bit of doubt, yes, but right. that just keeps making you uh, look more deeply into the question that you have. Yeah, and that's what I do. Yeah, the movements of the thoughts and feelings, I just observe them and, and see what they are trying to take me. And th- from what I see, it's a release, a cleansing kind of a thing that's happening. It might be old beliefs being washed, being just uh, moving from one space to another within the body, mind. There's something happening every time I have those thoughts. I call them doubt. It's called letting go? Yeah, letting go, right, of something that I don't yet understand what it is. But what an interesting, fascinating experience to be here in a human body, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is. And when you said uh, letting go, uh, that made me think about relaxing. Yeah. And when I started learning Tai Chi, uh, in some of my reading and my teachers, would always be emphasizing relaxing. Well, that was many years ago. Well, nowadays it's like relaxing is a bad word. Nice, right. <laughs> so, so relaxing. Well, that's yeah. like being lazy or something. But, you know, really your muscles are so tense. If you really try to give yourself a chance to relax, there's so much releasing going on. Um and if you can be relaxed when you're supposed to be working really hard, uh, I think that's the goal. It's not to just sit around on the couch and relax, right. but right. but just to feel 
that release while even while you're um, working. How do you define mental health, uh, Catherine? Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Mental health. Um, yeah, I don't think there's like any short answer <laughs> to right. mental health, but yeah. I would think that you would feel at peace. You know, I mean, things might not be going all that well all the time, but you would at least kind of feel like you could handle it. You could manage it, you know, I mean, not to control it or anything, but you could uh, be there with it. You can move through it, uh, whatever it is. I think that would be mental health and a self-acceptance too, you know, because, you know, how we're always criticizing ourselves, there's always something wrong. And, and uh, if we could just accept ourselves, I think that's like the first step. Yeah, I agree. I love your answer. Yeah, I love, love your answer. So it's that space of letting reality, letting life be, just being life itself and let it flow, not trying to control, manipulate or hold on to anything, which is a practice, isn't it, Catherine? It might be a practice for our entire lives. Oh, I know. I know. The more you practice, the more the, <laughs> I mean, it's not harder. It's just more interesting. <laughs> yes, it does become more interesting. No doubt about it. And my next warm up question is, um, what are some of the greatest misconceptions you have come across about mental illness? Uh, well, that people are, um, violent you know that's not really a that's not a main thing about mental illness um or that people are somehow not intelligent um you know that they really can't fit into the world Mm -hmm. as they are somehow you know because i mean maybe they can't do certain things but but or that they are not as aware as you think they are you know um, yeah, that there, there's a fine line between like, everybody's got a little bit of mental illness somewhere. So it's not so extremely different. When you say about when we judge other people, or I know that some people, they do need help when it comes to mental health, that they need intervention and all medical and all, there are those cases, but for most part, they are just different. I think we are very good at judging what is different in a, not in a pleasant way. Or it's a matter of degree. Like we get anxious and some people get anxious a lot, (laughs) a lot anxious and a lot of the time. So, yeah. In your book, you say being aware of our thoughts and their effects helps us to care more conscientiously for our bodies so true. I believe this 100%. And then thoughts, that's another mystery to me that I often ask the question, not to everyone, but I'll ask you. So what is your understanding of thoughts? What are they? Well, on a really basic level, they would be like the words that you say in your mind, you know, the uh, conversations that you have in your head. Um uh, yeah, that's what I would say mostly thinking. And then it, 
if they're words that you say in your head, then they're, uh, there are already judgments, you know, cause they're things that you made, they're things that you made. <laughs> and I don't know a lot about, um, uh, physics or, or quantum physics, but, but, you know, everything is, has, takes up some kind of space, <laughs> you know, it, it is created somehow. If it's in your mind, um, then it is in your body too. So, um, you know, maybe not like it looks on a typed piece of paper, but, um, the idea that it represents or the feeling that it represents. Another idea that we often have is that when we become meditators or when we get very good at meditation, we no longer have thoughts or no longer have bad thoughts or the ones that will get in the way. Is that another misunderstanding? Oh, I would say that is a misunderstanding because, you know, it's it's not. You're not going to – because it's not just – I mean, it's kind of a body thing to just kind of run words through your head. Um, it's, it's a little brain function. Um, and um, it's not – it's just that you won't be paying attention to it so much. And it'll be very quiet sometimes if you're – you know, meditating a lot. I mean, you want to be able to, it is really good to not think constantly, <laughs> to get, to give your body, your mind a little space to just be open to ideas. And then as far as good thoughts go, well, you don't really know what thoughts are good or not. <laughs> so, so mm -hmm. if you, if you're meditating, you're really practicing to be open and, um, you know, um, maybe, you'll get some thought that you think is really bad, but you don't really know. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to act on it or anything too. So um, it just might be something that, you know, spirit is telling you in a different way, shock you into thinking a different way. How did you discover Tai Chi and meditation, Catherine? Um, I discovered Tai Chi. I just wanted to uh, learn a little bit of self-defense, actually. And um, Tai Chi was recommended to me just because the person thought it would suit my personality. So, and that's, and, and I thought, well, this is really nice because it's an Asian art form and I have an Asian background. And so I'll learn a little bit more about um, um like Taoist philosophy and Zen, and, well, mostly Taoism, but uh, and then through that into meditation. So I started with the Tai Chi, and then with a group that I was with, um, their meditation would come up, and I would go like meditation, and everybody mm -hmm. had like a different idea of what meditation was. Right. <laughs> right. And the question was, well, what is meditation? So. Um, And then in my practice, you know, we tried various things, but, but it, 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 I did realize that Tai Chi is a meditation, a movie meditation. And when, yeah, and when you think of it as a movie meditation, what you're doing is you're, you're carrying these uh, martial arts postures in, in a dance flow. So you're trying to be very relaxed and, and sensing and um but you're holding these de defense 
and aggressive and in defensive postures while you're doing it. And that's kind of the way we move through the world. I mean, you know, the world is, uh, there's a lot of defending and attacking and defending and attacking. Uh, and, and if you can move through it in that slow dance-like, you know, it's almost like you're there and you're not there. Um, yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, that sounds like moving, well, living with grace, isn't it? Experiencing life with grace. Yeah, so, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, that sounds beautiful to me. Oh, resting within actions and, and just being, flowing. I think the word that we use a lot is flow, and it really resonates true to me. If we can flow, right. yeah, that's it. So you wrote the book, Meditation and Movement for Self-Healing. Let me ask you two initial questions. How did you become a writer and what was the inspiration and intention of writing your book? I've, uh, just as I've always felt a, a, a movement towards spirit, I've always been a writer. When I was five years old, I, I, I started writing in pictures <laughs> and I would, I would make my own story pictures And, um, yeah, off and on I've written, I've, um, written stories, but, um, this book, uh, I actually wanted it to just be a practical book for the people that I worked with specifically at, um, uh, people incorporated, um, their clients, um, people with mental illness and who were in recovery. They were just really, some of them were, um, you know, just off the streets or just out of prison or, or something. So there, it was like their first step in back to normalcy. So I wanted to give something practical to them and the people that work with them, the staff. Right. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. Giving back. That's a very beautiful, compassionate action engage in for sure thank you oh you're welcome thank you <laughs> yeah and meditation artist i never heard it that way the term so you are a meditation artist talk to me about that what is to be a meditation artist well i've seen other people uh call themselves something like that but since i work in meditation a yeah. lot and um i've taught it uh i just find that I just come from that place in a lot of my work. So I, it's not like I'm saying that when I paint or when I write a song or sing a song that, that it, it's a meditation, but I like to be in meditation while I'm, while I'm doing those things. And, um, I just like to remind myself that everything can be a meditation and, Yeah, yeah. Do you feel that for beginners, somebody who never meditated before, is there a correct way or a right way to meditate? Oh, yeah. See, that goes back to that question that our, our group would say, well, what is meditation? And everybody would give their little bit. No, no. Meditation is is uh, visualizing something or meditation is, uh, you know, breathing. And, you know, this morning I was just sitting and I like to do this a lot. I'm just like to sit with my eyes closed <laughs> and get very quiet and, and just kind of 
you know, see how quiet I can get and uh, see what I notice. And so I don't think that there's any, and I think people are meditating if they're lucky enough to do something that they love so much that they don't even notice the time going by, you know, so... I mean, that's kind of like a, a form, of, that is a form of meditation because you're being fully present as yourself. So it is about presence. Yeah, that's another um, idea I hear a lot, being present. And um, you said observe, so noticing, yeah, that word too. Noticing what's happening within the thought patterns, the thought world, or just noticing everything, the body, and the thoughts without attaching to them, right, Catherine? Is that the idea? If there was an idea for meditation? Oh, yeah, there is an idea. And, you know, when you say the body and the thoughts, I mean, the body is just so, well, you know, the body is so complicated. There's so many parts to it. And the mind really is in the body, uh, not just in the thoughts, but um, the brain and, and the skin and the spine, everything is really connected on a cellular level. We are this very complex mystery, but we can only really notice that when we are quiet. Mm. That's what it is. Yes, you it? can notice it when you're quiet. You're but right. It, we are very And you complex. don't have to be still, perfectly still. You just have to be noticing. Mm-hmm. Would you replace that word with open, being open? Being open, yes. I would love to know how you arrived to the place you are today. Your journey through uh, self-knowledge, self-discovery, self-healing. Talk to me about that, Catherine. Um, Briefly, of course, I know it will be nice to... um, In your book, you talk about briefly but you don't really explore did you write a memoir before no about your no, healing i haven't actually written about my personal journey no <laughs> so yeah that would be an interesting if, if you can of course uh, briefly and if oh, not that's well absolutely yeah fine too. i mean just being able to do this interview did kind of make me think about it and um, i remember when i was um, um, maybe around 18 and thinking about what I was going to do, um, saying, well, I really just want to have experiences and write. <laughs> and then on the path to having experiences, you know, you, it's, uh, like the saying, uh, one of Lao Tzu sayings about it's easy to stay on the main path, but people love to be distracted. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. and I've gone off on all these little distractions. And then, you know, now later in life, um, a couple times I've gone, oh, my God, I've just gone way off the path. I'm just like nowhere near where I want to be. But but, but, but that's not true. It's all kind of like I couldn't really be where I am now if I didn't go through all of those little meanderings. yeah, because I've, I've done a lot of different things. I was an art student, and then I was a law student, and then I was a lawyer, and then I was a, a teacher, and then, I mean, a school teacher. And, uh, and that's just a nice and short uh, description. And so most recently, I've been a body worker and um, yoga, meditation, tai chi teacher. So, yeah. yeah. 
So you are a representation of life itself, uh, that movement, well, right? Just thank you. Moving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think so. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we are life itself. That's interesting how we think we are not sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the same way we think about nature, that we're separate from nature. But we are nature too. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything's connected. You say the meditative movement, forgiveness, that is, uh, you have in your book, you have some exercise, lots of them. And you say, if we can move with awareness and purpose, we can treat our bodies like the temples to our true selves that they are. So true. I mean, to me, resonates true to me. So what is forgiveness and how do we come to understand this practice as a practice? I did have that misunderstanding before about forgiveness being a moment in time. Okay, I forgive and then that's it. (laughs) But it didn't happen. So for you, can you tell me some examples about forgiveness that you went through and how was the process and how can we do that? And talk to me about the also the exercise you have, the meditative movement forgiveness in your book. Well, I'm going to say that forgiveness is not uh easy (laughs) and I don't think that I've ever like really done it um what you would say like correctly or spot on uh I think you know you just have to keep doing it again you think you might have forgiven someone and then wow it comes up again um and then you're just going to have to try it again, you know, like, like Jesus says, when you're, you know, turning the cheek, it, but it doesn't mean that you accept abuse over and over again. And it doesn't mean that you excuse the behavior because the forgiveness, um, and people do all sorts of studies about forgiveness, or write all sorts of books about it. I mean, this is just a small thing, but it's mostly for yourself, um, this is the way I'm thinking of it is, you know, you know, that person did something really wrong. And um, it's just that you don't want the anger and the resentment that comes from that action, you know, to just live in your body and, and eat away at it. Um, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. A billion percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why so many of us have this habit or why do we do that why do we hold on to negative thoughts and resentment oh don't you think it's like part of the self-defense mechanism you know you just want to make sure that was such an awful thing that person did to you that you just want to make sure it never happens again so you kind of like put it on a pedestal (laughs) you put it on a pedestal and make sure that you can always see it (laughs) Always remember Oh, so it. it is fear. Yeah. Basically fear. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, that is a, another sad thing to notice, isn't it? Within ourselves and others around us. And I wonder what to do too. Sometimes I'm, I want to kind of help in a way some people around me who are still holding on to resentment. Can that be thought? Would you say forgiveness can be thought? Oh, can you like think forgiveness? Um, yeah, how can we teach forgiveness to others? Well, you know, all the best teaching comes from, you know, what you do for yourself. So I, you know, if I'm having a really hard time, I, I just 
pray. That helps me a lot. Um, and, you know, I help, I ask for help, <laughs> help from the universe, the ancestors, um, Jesus, you know, saints. Um, yeah, I, I ask the Holy Spirit, I ask for help, um, yeah, to forgive. And, but for other people, uh, you can pray for them too, but, um, yeah, mostly you have to do it by example, and not affected example, like I'm trying to show you something, but, um, you know, it's hard enough just to be, just to do it yourself. I mean, I think it... <laughs> That's so, yeah, I, <laughs> it's hard enough to do it yourself. Yeah. I think in the yeah. Course of Miracles, it, it, <laughs> it, there's some place where it says, that, yeah, if you can truly forgive, you're, you've learned all you need to learn in this world. You know, I think that's probably the hardest thing to do. And it, it's all, it's letting go, though, Valeria. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny? It goes back to that, yeah, relaxation, that word that you use. I love it. Movement, it just moving with grace, with flow, letting go, surrender. Yeah, that is the hardest lesson to learn for all of us, isn't it? At different levels. We are at different levels and it's beautiful when we are able to understand and have compassion for those who can't do that yet, cannot release, cannot let go. But we can, we can let go of the idea even that others should let go. I wish they would, but <laughs> you can't make them. <laughs> no, no. Like you said, I love that. Beautifully said. It's example. We have to do it ourselves, and it's hard enough. Yeah. So. And we do have to like treat others as as we would like to be treated. Yeah. And I I don't want somebody to tell me to forgive someone if I want to hold on to my anger. <laughs> so, right. Right. <laughs> so yeah, you know. So you kind of have to like be yeah, be gentle and compassionate with people. I hear a lot about some people not being ready. If that makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, you know, they are not ready to let go. They are not ready to learn certain lessons. And, and that makes sense to me. And it's kind of frustrating because they might never, <laughs> never be ready. <laughs> so, I mean, not, not, yes. not as far as you can see, would they be ready? <laughs> and so then, then you have to let go again, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It goes back to us letting go of the idea of that other people sh should let go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we need to just release uh, at all. It's a beautiful thing. Um, when I think about it, even the idea of just surrender to life itself and flowing with life, it's it makes me breathe deeper just by thinking about it as, you know, as an intellectual thing, which is a lot more than that. But mm -hmm. even the thought, it's wonderful. In your book, you have lots of exercise uh, connecting with the breath. That is what we need to do a lot more often. I heard this from somebody, I don't know when, but somebody said, connecting to the breath is connecting to life. And it's true. And I love how we have all these exercising, uh, breath awareness, and we have so many of them to get us to that place of connecting with life again. And there's another topic that you sent it to me specifically. It is the uh, aspirations meditation. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, talk to me about that, Catherine. Oh, well, I think about that because for me, this life journey is about uh, getting to know who I really am 
and it seems like a simple thing that you would know who you really are. And of course, and a lot of people, especially, you know, really, um, uh, maybe successful or, you know, uh, intelligent people would just say, Oh, well, you know, I don't know who I am, but I don't know. I've, I've, Mm -hmm. you know, gone from this place and partly because I can do a lot of things. I like to do a lot of things. So I move here and move there. And then, you know, like I say, Oh, I'm an artist. I'm a meditation artist. I'm a singer songwriter, but, but who am I really? I think that's something that you would come to know. Right. And that's, uh, different from anything that you do. Um, right. or even feel so, mm, yeah, wow. yeah, that is, um, something that we all try to tap in and kind of describe and trying to know what is like to know oneself. And from your perspective, do you feel that that can be measured personally? Of course, I don't think everyone can share that, but do you know that you know yourself? Oh, can I say that I know myself? Yeah, I think I yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because there you can feel when things are not right, um, you know, or you can just yeah, you you don't have to be down on yourself or anything, but you can feel when things are not right, and you can feel when things are really nice and make you happy and. Uh, you can actually make other people happy. And so then you're closer to where, you know, it's like that game Marco Polo. <laughs> you're a little closer to, you're closer to where you are. Yeah. I like to think myself, of course, to think about self-knowledge or the self-awareness as inner peace. Would you agree with that? That that could be a oh, measurement? Yes. Yes, inner peace or just contentment. You know, like once once in a while, um, I might just you know all of a sudden say to myself, "I'm really happy now," <laughs> and it's just you're just like you just suddenly feel happy. So, and that not for any. And I used to always look for a reason. Why am I happy now? <laughs> but if even if if there's no reason, that's that's even better. What a beautiful way to experience this human experience, this human life. To me, is the only way. It has been a dance for me. It has been an interesting journey. Yes. And for you too, I'm sure, Catherine. (laughs) Uh, It's it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. So we're almost at the end, and I have the ending questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Um. Let's see. Well, we were talking about the aspirations, and um, I'm looking at it. It's very small. Uh, it's just even, it's like more, a little bit of more than half a page, or it's a half a page. So I'll read that one. Aspirations. When we were very young, you may have had hopes and dreams without limits. Anything was possible. Perhaps as you became older, you learned to stash those dreams away. Peers may have laughed at you. Parents may have helped you reason them away, so your aspirations stayed in the realm of dreams. Now it's time to have some fun. Be a child again and draw some pictures of yourself as that astronaut or dancer or doctor. Make a list of things you love or love to do. Write a story, poem, or song of yourself being, doing, one of your dreams. 
Let all limitations fall away. Be in the universe of infinite possibilities. I'll stop there. <laughs> mm, yes, infinite possibilities. Yeah, I love how you connected uh, laughter and happiness to healing. That was another passage, a message that I came across in your book. And that's beautiful. Laughter. Oh. Yeah, we do forget to breathe. We, we do forget to laugh a lot of times. Well, breathing and um, laughter. Breathing is like the first exercise. And laughter is just like one of the best exercises, you know, for your bo yeah. inner organs. Yeah. Mm, so true. And um, I'm wondering how we can learn to do that more often. You mentioned uh, being more imaginative, going back to the child like state and i agree dance is wonderful isn't it Kathy? dance yes ah, i love dancing and that's something that i gotta go back to it's just a, it has been a reminder here me too <laughs> yeah i love dancing but i don't dance that often anymore. i know what you mean what is another word for healing another word for healing well it's not curing oh uh, well, I'm trying to think of one word, healing, um, wholeness, wholeness, mm, or wholeness. yeah, wholeness. Yeah, that um, sounds good to me. Yeah. And if you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? I would... Just try to have that feeling of inner peace as much as possible. Um, yeah. Not really change too much of what I do, but just, yeah, stay in that peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and with that in mind, inner peace, is a, do you consider that somehow a destination where some people call it balance too. Oh yeah, balance. that's the exact word I was thinking of because you know when you're balancing in Tai Chi you're practicing balancing standing on one leg a lot but uh, when you're balancing you're not standing still you haven't like become balanced because you stand still you're balanced because you move a little bit this way, a little bit that way and then you come <laughs> back to center um, yeah it's not a static thing so Yes. Yeah. And my last question is, what are three things about life that you know for sure as of this moment? Mm, as of this moment, it's definitely worth it. <laughs> it's worth the experience. Um, I'm here to have relationships with people and enjoy them as much as possible. And uh, to you, oh, I don't know. It's just very enjoyable. Just uh, you can find life in everything. Yes, we can find life in everything. Yeah, if it's not, if, so if only that breath. <laughs> if only that yes. breath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. Thank you so much, Catherine, for your timeless, spaceless wisdom, your loving presence, um, your beauty. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Valeria. You, you do great work here. Thank you for the encouragement. I love this. <laughs> it has been a gift to me. 
happily busy gift. <laughs> so before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Um, you can find more information about me at my website, ayanoart.com, A-Y-A-N-O, art, A-R-T, dot com. And yeah, that's the best place to start to find me. And my book, yeah, you can find that uh, at Balboa Press or Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'll have your website link on the podcast profile too. Thank you so much again. And we'll Thank talk you. Soon. Bye for Bye. now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Catherine Ayano Nixon and her work, please visit ayanoart.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.